Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Our guest this week is Dr. Gregory Jantz. We are going to talk to him about anxiety, uh, about all of the things in our lives that are causing us anxiety, about the importance of anxiety, and also, uh, of course, how you can deal with it, including some of the resources that he has on his website. So stay with us for that, folks. Uh, we are so excited to bring this to you today. Here's without further ado, my interview with Dr. Gregory Jantz. Dr. Gregory Jantz, uh, author of multiple books, uh, but most importantly, you're a psychologist uh, and the best-selling author of The Anxiety Reset. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Good to be with you. And boy, what a topic that people are experiencing, anxiety. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I know that I've been feeling it more and more and uh, with all of the caffeine and stimulants that we that we take all the time. Uh, I guess that does that. Let's let's start there. Are you seeing as a as a I know in my life I'm experiencing it more, but I'm I'm an anecdote. Are you seeing it uh, at the statistical and practical level uh, that that anxiety actually is on the rise? Here's what we know right now. Anxiety is the number one diagnosis. Number one diagnosis. Uh, We have a country that is filled with anxiety. Now, think about that. That's above many other diagnoses. Right. That's above cancer, heart disease, anxiety taking the number one place. Now, anxiety means it's beyond worry. Anxiety it has a physical component. I have physical symptoms. My sleep is disrupted. Right. I may have headaches. I, I feel this anxiety in my body, and I can't seem to shake it off. That's anxiety. So, okay, so we have this, you know, it's beyond, again, like you said, it's beyond just stress, it's beyond just worry. We have these physical symptoms of anxiety. Uh, it's it's the number one, like you just said, it's the number one diagnosed medical condition uh, right now. But why? Are we just getting better at, at knowing it? Or, or are, there, are there societal and maybe chemical changes that have begun to occur that are leading us down this path? Yeah, if we can look here at the last two and a half, no, nearly three years of of a pandemic season where um, we were put in some unusual situations and the, created some isolation. Uh, there also has erupted uh, kind of a trend where people are, they're weary and depression is uh, along the side, but with this weariness and this anxiety, there's a great deal of distrust. Mm-hmm who to believe, what to believe. So we're seeing a culture of distrust. And we're also seeing this, like, for example, road rage is um, all major cities are up on road rage. And so people are acting out their emotions, the frustration, the anger. And a lot of this is due to the anxiety level. We see people, I call it doom scrolling. They're just scrolling and scrolling and it's all negative. Yeah, so we're we're looking at all this negative information. Uh, do you feel like, uh, you know, you're bringing up road rage? Do you feel like because of the amount of data that the highway, you know, the highway institutes uh, collect, that this is a good barometer to better understand uh, the, the how anxiety is manifesting itself? Because because you just have this secondary level layer of data on that. You know, yes. Now here's what's happening: um, addiction rates are up. So anytime addiction. Uh, the level of uh, anxiety goes up. The level of addiction goes up. Uh, alcohol sells. Uh, we've never sold so much alcohol. Uh, there was a period of time of weeks where uh, alcohol sales reached the all-time highs. So when we're anxious, we tend to get tired of that after a while, and we try to do a little self-medication. So mm-hmm. alcohol tends to be the 
uh, first choice. And so uh, we're seeing that the rates of addiction, people coming to us at a place of hope, seeking help, uh, and they've got this co-addiction going on. But it started with anxiety in their life. So it's so that I see that there's you know well I want to talk in a minute about the consequences of anxiety especially undiagnosed untreated anxiety but I want to talk more about what you think is actually leading to this so obviously big societal changes doom scrolling do you think it's as simple as just the algorithms keep the the most the most fearful uh, news content or or is, is is reinforced by the algorithm being sent sending us the same thing over and over and over again? <laughs> well, um, I think, too, it's what are people allowing in their minds? Yeah. Uh, I just talked to somebody yesterday and he goes, I'm really doing good. I said, what what is it? He goes, well, I I've cut myself off from all news. I'm feeling so much better. And if we don't have appropriate guardrails about what we're letting in, and for all we're letting in is negative, right. it gets confusing also what to believe. Sure. And we're living in a habitual state of negative information. Right. Right. And that negative information, again, is reinforced by an algorithm. Absolutely. Um, and it is such that um, people are isolating more. Mm -hmm. uh, they are pulling away instead of towards people. And we're finding that, um, you know, that's why you go back to road rage and people are upset. Eas they're easily triggered. There's a real hypersensitivity uh, that's going on right now. Right. And so we're seeing that. Okay. So we see it in road rage. We see it in addiction rates. Those are some of the consequences of it. Aside from the news and this idea of doom scrolling, this the, these algorithms that loop us in with more and more uh, reinforcing that engagement on the negative emotions, the doom scrolling, all that stuff. Uh, what are do you think there are some other contributing factors to a broader sense of anxiety, or is that is that is that it? Like, is it because we're drinking more coffee, or because of energy drinks, or anything like that? Is it is it the caffeine and the stimulants? <laughs> well, it is some of it. We tend to add to our anxiety symptoms by some of our. Uh, coping behaviors. So right. I mentioned alcohol. I just talked to a guy. He goes, you know, I think I'm averaging about 12 cups of coffee a day. Wow. Well, 12 cups of coffee a day, you know, go, okay, that's going to create a little anxiety. You think? Um, and so we also know that we're in the middle of a season where we're seeing more sleep disorders. Sure. Uh, insomnia, people waking up during the night. And in, in essence, they're having uh, anxiety attacks. And they are hearts racing. They feel wide awake, but they've they've suddenly uh, woken up from a sleep because their body is having what we'll call an a panic attack. And and that's and that's disrupting our sleep. And you think that's uh, is that again? Is that what do you think is the cause of all this? Does it is it? I, I, in a minute, I want to talk about some of the consequences. I want to talk about how we can deal with it. But I really want to understand like where you think some of this is coming from, aside from just our. Um, our constant attack of, of being on our phones? Or, or is that it? Like the phones are messing up our sleep, the constant screen time, the constant inundation with news, then do we just need to make those habit changes? Or are there like, uh, are there some other things that we're, that we're doing inadvertently that you think are contributing to our increased levels of anxiety? Yes. Well, I think we have to look at social media. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the social, social media and kind of that uh, technology addiction, if you will, and we see it. We see folks come to us and, you know, initially um, uh, anything with a screen, we put in a safe and lock up for them. And by day three, we are seeing people uh, with um, 
anxiety symptoms, sweaty palms, heart rates up, anxiousness, uh, say, I just forgot to return an email. Can I have my stuff back? You know, so you see the sweaty palms. I can't focus. And those are really symptoms of withdrawal. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, So do you, I mean... Do you recommend that we get little? I know some people have do this, and they and they practice this at their own house, where where they have a, a safe in their house, a time lock safe, and everybody when they come home from work or school, they put their phones in the safe, and it, it you can't open it until a certain time has gone by. Uh, for exactly the <laughs> yeah. reason that you're talking about these addi- these addictions to the phones. Boy, if you can do that, I'm gonna say that's great. <laughs> um, because that, that takes some self-determination and discipline just to do that. My goodness. So, yes, I do believe that um, having time and having a buffer zone, uh, for example, really developing the discipline that says, you know, up to about an hour before bed, I'm putting all my devices away. Just having those routines. Uh, there is a detox from just all that stimuli mm-hmm. uh, that can be important. Uh, social media uh, can be so disruptive, and uh, you look at somebody's post and you get upset, and then you can't sleep, or um, you get like any addiction. By the way, you say, "Hey, well, how long were you on online?" Oh, probably thirty minutes. Well, it was really three hours. Right, but you lose track of time. Right. So I got one of those. I got the timer on my on my phone now. Uh, it tells me how long I've been, and my estimation is wildly <laughs> low. Wildly low. I'd be like, oh my gosh, eight hours. I thought I thought maybe two hours, but I was on I was on my phone for eight hours today or whatever it is. It, it's it's insane. So, and I think it's important. Let's look at all the influences on the whole person. Well, what what is what are we allowing to invade our life, invade our thinking? Um, the longer that you spend on social media, do you feel worse or better? Well, honestly, people feel worse. So, what are we doing to amplify our symptoms and what are we doing that's disrupted to our sleep and the other thing we need to look at is uh, what are we doing that can be disruptive to our relationships well we have a little rule at our home is when you sit around the table and we're eating uh, you don't pull out your device and we're present we have eye contact we communicate with one another mm-hmm. oh you want to show me something that was online okay um you know, we, we ask permission, then we put our device away. Um, so is it controlling your relationships? And that's something that's sometimes painful to look at. Now, I, I would, is there, is there a, an upside to any, to the, to the phone and the constant communication? So I hear that it's an anxiety causer, right? I, I, I hear that. Uh, and I understand why social media is a negative, but for a lot of people, you know, technological, technological interaction was their only interaction during a big part of the lockdown. Uh, do you see that there is a, that there's a flip side to that where there is a maybe a sweet spot where where the connection that you can get via social media and via your phone or via, you know, via the screens um, is good before it starts to turn to that that addiction and anxiety inducing place that you've been talking about? There is a sweet spot. It's called balance. Can I self-regulate the next question? Mm. Um, it's like a person that's addicted to perhaps gaming. And I did use the word addicted because I see it. Uh, the person cannot self-regulate you go okay no i'll i will i'll get off the game at at one in the morning i promise and it's four in the morning you Mm -hmm. couldn't do it you couldn't self-regulate that's a sign there's a problem 
Right. So you, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's those, those standard addiction signs let you know that perhaps your behavior around these devices, around these things, that that is going a little bit too, uh, it's going a little bit too far on that. That's right. Uh, let's go back. I want to talk about some signs for how to know that you are, 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 whether it's from devices or what have you, uh, that, that you are experiencing not just run-of-the-mill worry, not just run-of-the-mill stress, but the kind of anxiety that we're talking about that can lead to some addiction stuff before. So how, how, how are, what are some key indicators uh, beyond road rage uh, that, that let us know that, we're, that we've gone too far? Yeah, I think one of the things, am I waking up with a lack of, of daily, and I'm going to use the word joy, and I don't mean that to be fake, exuberant, but um, many times people are waking up with a heaviness. It's a, like feels like a depression you can't shake off. And so just monitoring, what is the predominant emotion I'm experiencing? Am I experiencing predominantly uh, anger and frustration? Is that the main thing I feel? Mm. Uh, do I feel fear and anxiousness and worry all day? Um, do I feel guilt, shame that something's wrong with me? Uh, or do I feel like, no, I'm doing good. I, I'm uh, at peace with myself. I'm uh, being of, of help to others. You know, what's the predominant emotion you find that uh, drives you along during a day? That's always a good checkpoint. Great. Great. Okay. So th that'll give us a sense of it. And then, uh, you know, I want to go back to, uh, actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about actually what we can do to begin to unpack the the anxiety. I want to call it an epidemic, but just how we can begin the anxiety reset when we come back with Dr. Gregory Jantz. Dr. Jantz, before the break, we were talking again about how anxiety is at an all-time high, about the causes of our phones and our constant connection, uh, these sort of signs of addiction to our devices and to news and to connectivity. Uh, great. Okay, so we, we, I think we've all experienced some version of what you're talking about. How do we begin to remove this from our lives, remove the anxiety element from our lives? Removing anxiety requires probably taking some baby steps. I talk about um, simplifying one's life, and this means, first of all, I've got to get some self-care in order. Um, and, you know, I can't do the 12 cups of coffee. I need to eat some protein and breakfast in the morning. I've got to have these patterns uh, of self-care. Can I regulate my sleep? Can I get my sleep cycle? I used to work in sleep research, and I know sleep and emotional well-being are so closely tied together. Uh, can I, am I doing simple things? Like when I'm anxious, I tend not to drink water. Mm. Am I drinking my water? Uh, or am I drinking a whole lot of other things? Water improves mood. Water improves concentration. People forget the importance of water when they're anxious. Right. Um, am I able to uh, do my, uh, just l go through my day without anxiety paralyzing my decision making? If I'm at a place that I wake up in the morning and I can't even make a decision about what to wear, and I mean, it's extra hard. I can't make any the simplest decisions. There at times reaches a point where anxiety paralyzes us and we need to seek out uh, help. We need to seek out uh, 
and find out really what's going on because anxiety will lead us down to a a path that could potentially be self-destructive. So um, is anxiety been with you for longer than six months? Now, we've all gone through and we all are going through uh, some uncertainty and anxious times. Uh, it's, it's out there. Let's not ignore reality. Um, but let's also look at um, what am I doing that could be fueling this indirectly? Uh, mm. What's the quality of my relationships? Do I have two or three people, it's usually just no more than three usually, that really know me, that speak life into me, that um, are truth tellers? Or is everybody around me an emotional drain, for example? You know, <laughs> what am I surrounding myself with? Well, I have so kids. those are a few things I have things kids, to look so everybody at. around me is an emotional drain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, okay, so, so you, start, you, you begin to evaluate what your relationships, the quality of your relationships, and are they actually helping you? Can, do you start to cut out some of those emotional draining things? How do you begin to form? Because I feel like it's a vicious cycle. This is, that's, this is what I want to kind of get to, is I feel like we get anxious because we're disconnected and because we're doom scrolling. So we then doom scroll more and disconnect more and dissociate more. And we are anxious because our relationships are adding anxiety and not, uh, and not fueling us positively. And so we, we just lean into those negative relationships more, or we dissociate more. Like it's a, it's a spiral. Um, it's like a positive feedback loop. Like the more stuff happens, the more we engage in that. So, uh, I want to, I want some, like some comprehensive things that we can do. And I, and I hear you say professional help and a good friend, uh, to begin to break that spiral. Yeah, we do need to break that spiral. And one of the things I want you to get outside of your normal environment. I know it sounds simple, but the power of going for uh, a walk, a power of getting outside the, um, You've got to get movement in. When there's anxiety and anxiousness, physical movement's really important. I don't mm. mean to say physical movement and water cures everything. No, but it's a beginning, a practice of some significant self-care. Also, find out how um, significant your anxiety really is. Uh, I'll share how to take my free anxiety. It's pretty extensive, but an anxiety test to see really where do I score on this? How big a problem is it? And uh, then the opportunity to really get some information about some steps I can take. We also uh, need to watch what am I putting in my mind every day? And, and we've got to evaluate that. We, we sometimes get really compelled and compulsed to uh, always pull the negative in. Mm. And it's like we get used to that. And it's, we almost seek it out. <laughs> so, um, but those are just a couple ideas. Well, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, you know, the negative is the most engaging, right? It's, it's the most engaging thing. The study after study has shown that for news organizations, the negative, scary things are the things that drive the most engagement. So they, they double down on that because that's, that's what the algorithm is telling them to do. And then that feeds us and it feeds this sort of creates, again, this anxiety loop. So I, I hear you. So look for the negativity, find some positive things to put in your life. And I love the idea that, you know, we, uh, I, I'm a big fan of hydration and exercise, right? Like, so that, that idea that start, yes. there, see if that solves it, like get a little bit, get in the sunshine for maybe 15 minutes every single day, um, so that you can get your vitamin D levels up, like all of that, all of those basic things to kind of start the process, do the more new, the, the newer things like, uh, mindfulness, med which I know mindfulness meditation is not new, but the mindfulness meditation apps, uh, and, 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 
background noise apps, things like that, that uh, that are kind of newer, do those actually work or is that just more noise? Well, I love what you're saying and you're so right on. It's these small things that have a cumulative effect over time. And so I call them baby steps. And what we need to do is keep doing these, give it 30 days, but really create, I want you to create a 12-week plan. You can create a fair amount of change uh, in a 90-day period. Then after that, you go, Okay, where am I? Am I doing well? Am I addiction-free? Um, how's my sleep? Mm. How am I really doing? Um, but it, you have to allow some time. Uh, you can see some good change in 30 days. I just want to encourage keep going. Something about hitting that 90-day mark when we're dealing with anxiety uh, is really significant. Interesting. Interesting. So so give yourself that like 90 day of, of uh, form some of these lifestyle habits, these basic ones that we're talking about, and then evaluate from there. Absolutely. And one, that's why uh, that's why we, we kind of give away this 12 week plan, because we know it's going to take some time. Stay with it and you will you'll find. Uh, yes, I can make a lot of changes. Am I uh, still suffering to such a degree on a scale of 1 to 10? It's 7, 8. Then I maybe I need to look at, let's see what kind of professional intervention uh, I could benefit from. Right, right. And then uh, uh, begin to evaluate your professional needs at that point. Uh, could you do those things concurrently? Could you begin to seek out professional help while you do those things? Because for some people, that timeline may be too long for, before they before they seek professional help. Oh, yes. And one of the things we may need to do is uh, find uh, a resource, a professional, or uh, there's times where you need something a little more intense. There's times that anxiety is so paralyzing and you, you just lose that will to live and the addictions increase, um, where we really do need to have some intervention and receive, you know, kind of the type of whole person care that, that we do where it's a little more intensive because it's it's really paralyzed your life and just your daily functioning. Well we want we want to get help, you know, before it gets that that far along. And you may say, you know, I have panic attacks and panic attacks is really your body's way of saying I've had enough and it wants. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and you know, we, we we sort of see those in pop culture, right? We see that in in movies and televisions, people having having panic attacks and the consequences of it. But when you actually experience it, it's a, it's uh, it's very disorienting. I mean, you all nothing nothing can calm you down, and and you're you're just sort of overtaken by this this panicky feeling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up, uh, we've taken a lot of your time and your time is valuable. Uh, again, you know, uh, people follow, uh, I'm going to ask you two last questions, um, about, uh, that I asked, that I asked everybody first and foremost, if people want to follow up with you, Dr. Jantz, where can they follow up with you? The best way is a place of hope.com a place of hope.com. And as much as I speak about some of the dangers of social media. I am on social media, <laughs> and you'll find me. Oh, irony. Uh, so, but, uh, and then do, do be sure to take the anxiety, I call it an anxiety test. Uh, it takes a little bit of time. It's pretty in- extensive. Okay. Uh, it's totally private. Uh, we don't see that you're taking it. It's You do it confidentially. And uh, there's an opportunity to get some uh, free information we download to you uh, to really be of assistance. It's a good place to start. So that's 
That's all on aplaceofhope.com. Link to aplaceofhope.com in the show notes. You guys can just click that and head over to Dr. Jance's website. One last thing, and I ask it to everybody. What is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Yeah, reach out to somebody in need. Uh, look around. Sometimes we get self-absorbed and we go, oh, man. Uh, you know. But reach out uh, and extend a hand of somebody you may be in need today. Do something with some kindness towards somebody else. Awesome. Dr. Jance, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time today. Good to be with you. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Uh, also, you know, if you want to follow up with us, check out Facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there all the time, including a try weekly It's three times a week workout show that we do, plus all kinds of other fun stuff uh, we got going on. Again, that's Facebook.com slash John Tesh. You can follow John on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I'm Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter, folks. Uh, I try to respond to every DM, every mention of the show, because uh, ultimately I do the show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.